0: same old people, kind little sell your soul, trade it for a shining stone, ain't nothing in this life for free, running from the greatest evil, finally don't own me, a man's gotta fight temptation, leave the walls from the door. Hello and uh, welcome to the First and Ten podcast, Um we're back for a second week of our draft podcast Um, and joining me uh, we got Lee Wakefield. Well, again, good to be back. Uh, good to good
1: to be back and discussing more college prospects.
0: Yeah, so uh, not necessarily the most exciting uh of positions tonight. We got uh, we're looking at the offensive line, both uh, the interior and the tackles. But you know, some good players in there, I think. So
1: yeah, no, some good players. Um, I think it's a little bit like flipped around from last year. So last year, in my opinion, we had like crazy good uh interior class and the tackles were a bit. It and but now I think it's like the flitz I think the tackle class is like a lot better um, and then the interior guys there's no
0: kind there's no of Nelson type player who's going to be like an instant pole but uh, some decent players on the last, like you say uh, probably a few polarising players too yeah Um so you mentioned Quinton Nelson do you think there's a lot I'm not sure myself but do you think there's any interior guys that can go in that first round so we've seen it the last few years haven't we teams because in the past has been a bit of a sort of forgotten position I think but well not forgotten but or less valued but within players have a big impact quickly but
1: I'm yeah I think, I think the interior is really coming back i think there's a lot of teams that are starting to do different things like they're more athletic as a as a group in general i think um and that's one of the things that's definitely stood out to me and it's kind of the one of the things that i want in my environment if i'm sort of looking at these prospects or if i'm looking at a team um, so yeah no, it's something, that's something that's definitely on the rise I think I think it's definitely becoming more valued. you see it in the free agent market now there's free agent cards getting paid a hell of a lot of money yes.
0: I, I think we had three interior guys going the first round last year wasn't
1: there yeah that's right yeah. Sort of right yeah I think we could get two maybe three
0: at this year yeah, so obviously uh, we don't know as so said last week we don't know how the free agency shakes out but yeah there's definitely a few players um, that sort of got a chance to go there, so well, we yeah. crack straight on, uh, we'll yeah, sure. the interior, um, so who have you got, well we're going to go through um, five players again, five players on yeah. each thing, so yeah, who have you got at five? So five
1: for me is Eric McCon from Texas and um, he's played garden centre, I think he's going to be a
0: centre in the NFL, um, he's played most of his games at centre, but he's got loads of experience in this
1: which is one thing that I actually quite like for an offensive lineman, it's quite obviously a cerebral position. You've got to be quite experienced to know how to pick up line uh stunts and blitzes and things like that. So you know, having thirty eight college games under his belt despite only being twenty one at the moment, it a big, big plus for me. And quite course pretty athletic, a really tough and like I say can play centre or guard. Uh if you if you're one of these measurables garners who only looked at the numbers, then 3 inch arms aren't ideal. Um but I don't really see the player getting
0: beat that often, which is obviously what he's there for. Um, yeah, he looks pretty decent to me. Yeah, and uh, so it's a um, college that's sort of produced some good offensive line players over the years, isn't it? And mm. I think it's always a place I tend to look at. sort of a college that have produced these players before, and yeah. I think uh, ams and one of them places.
1: Yeah, for sure. it's the coaching staff that are just turning them out, you know. Uh, we are coming into onto one college who I've got a couple of them and who I'm a big fan of um, later on. And, and like you say, it's just just the teams that you look for, isn't it? And the coaching stuff they're doing business and and snap more.
0: Yeah, I, I think when you look over the years, I think it is the same sort of colleges year like time and time again, isn't it? That there is these players, and yeah, McCoy seems to be another one of those players coming out of there.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's like every, well, not every, but like there's a few colleges that kind of sort of rule over a certain position group or you know uh, things like that and like you say yeah um, there's certain um, certain just offensive line colleges and yeah like they, you say know, they play a nice zone scheme um, so you'll suit quite a few people so if we're talking fits I think the Texans um, could definitely be one uh, it's quite a big fit I think I uh, think the Cardinals could be one because they need an line help everywhere uh, and maybe the Seahawks as well although they're a bit more of a power scheme but yeah I think you could fit in there quite nice six years uh like I say, really tough and, and strong player. Okay, great. Um, oh, who have you got number four, then? So, this is kind of, of like flip flop uh, between a couple of players for this one, from the same team. Um, so, I've gone from an Oklahoma guard. This one is Drew Samir though. I didn't go for Ben Powers, I went for Drew Samir on this one. The uh, reason for that is because I think Samir is a crazy athlete decision. this position moves so well, and um, like actually like quite quickly. And I know that's so that kind of sounds quite derogatory for an offensive lineman. Uh, but he actually does move quite quickly. Finds target at the second level really, really well. Um, and he you know, he's quite tall but he's slightly undersized at under three hundred pounds a touch. Uh, so he could be a concern. Uh because he, he might look against people that are heavier than him. But he seems to count that by playing really light being six or
0: five. Yeah, and I think seen, there's a few players around the league, aren't there, that make up for that. They don't necessarily look the biggest player, but yeah, they can just sort of stop these defensive tackles anyway, just by getting low and just just being better, having better technique, aren't they? Hmm. I
1: yeah, I think it's more of a finesse guy. Whereas, um, yeah, you, you kind of you're expecting guys to win with power on the offensive line, but there's quite a few um, finesse guys. And there's one finesse guy in my uh, my tackle group as well, which i will come on to later. Which I kind of like. I kind of like it looks kind of nicer <laughs> in some
0: ways. Yeah, and it, it's, it's sort of nice seeing someone do it than just just flattening someone. Else, isn't it? yeah. It's quite fun to watch that. Um, so we're going to get through this quickly because obviously we've got double the amount of players this week. So who have you got in three? Mm. three? So the, when I was
1: talking about college, I kind of think churned about a uh, good defensive lineman. Uh, it's, it's Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, my number three guy is Michael Dieter, the guard from Wisconsin. Uh, I did think at one point before the declarations happened that Wisconsin could have had four top 100 defensive linemen Uh I'll probably go down to three because Tyler Biadas has, has uh, gone back to school uh, but yeah, is another guy um, I'll mention another Wisconsin guy in my tackle group um, he's again just really versatile experience he's played loads of position, all, all positions on the offensive line and he's just really mobile and play that's generally what I'm looking for the traits anyway that I'm looking for in my Offensive lineman. I'd like say if I get tackle centre at one point or another. Good level. Um, I think he's going to be an interior guy. Um, he's not going to play tackle, I don't think, because um, the last tackle currently, you who know, I mentioned later, uh, kicked him in inside when he took over in 2017. Um, but yeah, Michael um, I think he's a really good player. And kind of fits, again, I think we're going to mention the, split the same fits because I think there's a few teams that are crying out for them to find the, Vikings, the Vikings, the Texans, the Rams after the Super Bowl as well. As well as the Cardinals that I mentioned
0: earlier. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's the thing. I think mean, there's so many bad offensive lines all. Yeah. Line oh, really. line, so I think every team's going to be after them, but yeah, I really I really like him as a player. Like, I think he's so athletic, and I think when you've got a lineman that can, that's like that, you can just do so many more things with them. And yeah, I really I really like him. Yeah, you can you can just you
1: know you can get base, space walking, especially if you've got like a a good running back who kind of wants to get to the edge maybe and you can get him out in space or you can get, you know, wide receiver screens going and stuff like that. You can get quite more creative you just want hands another layer to your offence potentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the sort of player I really like. And, yeah, I think he's one that uh, a team was uh, a few teams are going to really like him.
1: Hmm. I think he, he's one that could sneak into the first round if, if uh, the right teams are picking later in that round. Yeah.
0: Just also I- Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just gonna say I could see that for sure. Yeah. Uh just going, to, like, just going up in a little sign for a second,
1: that uh, was talking about bad offensive lines. On the, off the top of your head, just just like quick fire, name your
0: team name your teams with good offensive lines. I bet there's only about five. Well I think there's teams that have are, like coached well, but <laughs> do look, yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look at like, the Patriots, um the Steelers I think always tend to have they a good do. line, don't they? they really uh, can't even think off the top of my head, <laughs> but they're, they're the ones that should find, like, I don't think they're yeah. always uh, what they were, they were always the one, weren't they, that were sort of held up, but I'm not sure they are what they were a few years ago, mm-hmm. they're still a good good line, but... Yeah, yeah.
1: the Colts now, I guess, with yeah. Nelson and Vince, how they, they drafted was really good last year. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, you have the Raiders in you a couple of years ago and the Chiefs to a certain degree, but yeah, they've kind of all gone and the boil a little bit now, haven't they? And there isn't any that many good ones and there's some
0: awful ones out there, like we said. Yeah, it's it's weird how it's sort of gone in the league because really, yeah, there's so many bad so many bad lines out there, but yeah. I, I guess that's why these players are starting to get more valued and get paid a bit more, isn't it? Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, for sure, definitely.
0: Um, Well, so, we're down to our final two in the uh, interior. So, who have you got at number two?
1: So, number two for me is
0: Garrett Bradbury from NC
1: State. Um, So, he came to NC State as a tight end a couple of years ago. And and you can see that, I think, in the way he moves. He moves really, really well. Uh, He's one of the more athletic guys that you'll see on the interior. Um, As you'd expect, it's a great space block, great run blocker comes out with him playing tight end and get to the second level again. It's, again, just like a theme running through all this thing, all this, the, the group that I like them to go out in space. And Bradbury's actually played all three, um, three positions on the line. Uh, but I think he's going to be a centre. He's played most of his time at centre. And um, you can see that intelligence in his play as well, which obviously comes with playing at centre.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think when we're saying, like, all these players are quite athletic, I think it's just the way the league's going, isn't it? I think they need to be able to do this other stuff and not just be one dimensional
1: yeah yeah for sure um, like I say you're just getting right into space and you are not asking anyone to sort of in line block and, yeah. uh, and you're getting more like quarterbacks now as well so you're not really getting as many pocket passer kind of players coming out anymore uh, everyone's at least got
0: like a certain amount of mobility yeah. no one's in statue. Um so is there any is it the same teams again same sort of teams we're we'll looking at him do you think yeah, I would say so. Um,
1: yeah, Seahawks, Texans, Cardinals, Rams, Vikings, Texans. Yeah, those those kind of uh, teams. It gets a little bit different on the the tackles, so I get a lot bit variety when we move on to the next category. But yeah, I think just the, all these lines could just do with a little bit of interior help. We need at least one starter. Uh, you know, some of these teams, the Texans, the Cardinals, need two or three. So. Um...
0: Well, we're down to our final player then. So, who have you got as the uh, best interior player in the draft?
1: So for me, uh, it's Boston College's Chris Lindstrom. Um, tough, powerful, athletic again. Um, one day guard, really smart. Does ne- never gets bullied. I've just never really seen him get beat one on one. If if all everything that I watched, anyway, suppose someone out there thinking of a certain. But anyway, I did of course I don't get beat, but. Kind of what you you'd have the defensive line with, isn't it? If they get beaten one rep, then they had a bad game, and he's really, he's really bad. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, he's not he's not a Quentin Nelson type, but um, he is the best interior defensive line available. Uh, he's got a lot of experience. with well, Boston College run a lot, so he has, he's sort of done done a lot of uh, sort of pass blocking and run blocking. Um, so yeah, that's one of his main strengths. I would say.
0: <laughs> so, just just like, how high do you think he could go when we get to draft? to the draw, sorry.
1: I reckon he could go in the, the early to late 20s, I think. I think there's a few teams hanging around that we've mentioned. You know, the Vikings, the Texans are around there. Uh, the Rams, obviously, in the 30s. I think he could go to one of those three. I think he could do a great job. He had a great senior bowl week as well um, with a guy in the tackle class that uh, he kind of really struck up a great partnership with each other. And, yeah, I think stuff like that really stands out. So, I think, yeah, I think he could go so he's not high high, but yeah, you know, he's a
0: first down guard, so he's pretty high. Yeah. My so I do not I d I don't I'm not I'd say I don't think any of these players are like Nelson, but I think the success that teams have had are gonna just force teams to start taking these players higher and higher. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's no, a league, no. isn't it? And teams are always following the sort of the things that work for other teams Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, nothing's original for very long, is it? You've got to be You've seen, i uh, going off a little bit of a tangent here, but you've seen the AAF that someone's on a Philly special playing like, already, yeah. you
0: know, like that, in there. you just can't, can't sort of call up with anything yourself. Uh, yeah, I don't think many uh, teams are going to be picking any offensive linesmen from uh, the AAF, are they, after watching no. the
1: weekend? No, um, I haven't dipped my toe in the water through that one, to you. but yeah, from what I've seen, uh, it's a good thing they've got that bloodshed rule where they're only allowed to send five. <laughs>
0: Um, so, well, that wraps up the interior. We got through that pretty quickly in the end. Um, so, yeah, I might as be well straight on to the uh, tackles. So, I think there's um, quite a few first-round tackles in here. I mean, there's a lot of good players in there, and well, I think it's going to be hard to sort of pick between them. So, well, I'll give that to you. So, who have you got a five? Yeah, it was a, it
1: was a difficult one. Like I said, at the top, I think, uh, yeah, the tackle must is quite good. It's a lot stronger than the interior. Um, interior class this year. Um, and yeah, I kind of just, like went back and forth on this one for number five, but I eventually pumped for Geron Taylor from uh, Florida. So he's a, obviously a three year tackle starter. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, a three year starter tackle. I, yeah, man, right. <laughs> um, I think he just got better and better, very um, time um, He's massive, but he moved with that grace that I was talking about a moment ago. Um, but the way he moves, he's like graceful but also incredibly powerful as well. The reason why he's number five on this class and not
0: a little bit higher because Taylor wasn't the person that was kind of flip-flopping between
1: five and six with. He was going to be a bit higher, but one of the reasons why he eventually got knocked down to five is because he's a pure right tackle. I, I really value the, the, if you're able to play on the left. I think I'll come to this in a moment with another guy. Um who can play the left? If we didn't play as well, but because he's tried that, I can value value a bit more. Um, but that's why. That's why he's um, he's my number five. Um, I think he could play. He could play. it get drafted quite early, he could play from day one. I think he could make a difference. Um, so we're talking about fits. We're going to talk about the Texans again, the Vikings. I actually think he could go to the Chargers at 28. You know, and I would quite like that. I think we're going to tackle. We're going to get a tackle or a linebacker in the first round. I wouldn't mind seeing Taylor.
0: Take on from some heavy on the right side right line. Well, the team for me, I I had him ranked a little bit higher in mine, but the team for me that I think could go for him is someone like the um, the Bills. I think they were one oh, okay. that, would be, that would be that would be ninth, right? Yeah, ninth. Yeah, so it, it feels a bit high, maybe, but I think this, I think he's quite a good fit there, and I think obviously they, uh, the Bills, have a lot of needs, but I, I feel like it's all going to be around the offense this year because the defense is obviously. Pretty
1: good there. So, yeah, yeah they've, got to keep, they've got to keep Josh Allen up right as well, haven't they? And, and so give him time to, to play. I think a little bit. So yeah, no, I like it. I like, I like it as a ceiling. Um, but I'm not sure about picking a, a pure right tackle in the top ten. I, I don't know if it's a bit too rich.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think you may be right actually. But yeah, I quite like it if they do go that route. But we'll see. Um, so who, who have you got at number four? So uh, number four for me, and this
1: might be a bit controversial because I know we kind of splits opinion when I said uh, about polarising prospects at the start, this, it was this guy who I had in mind. Uh, my number four guy is Jodney Kajust from West Virginia. I think he's pretty raw, um, but he's, he's a big upside guy. He's a big, big upside guy, I think. If everything clicks the next level, and goes to the team where he fits. Uh, he could be the best tackle in his class, I think. Uh, I think he's mean. I think he's nasty. Which I think is a big, big thing. You don't want a soft stance lineman who kind of doesn't want to block anyone, obviously. Um I need to see that. And, you know, as well as being a big enough leg, like I've said, I think that having that sort of mean and nasty streak is a big thing. I remember, you probably might remember this as well, um, the interview that Quentin Nelson did at the Combine last year where he said, you got asked something like, you know, what what do you like most about playing football? Or something. And he just said, I like to break the opponent's will. Yeah. That's what you need to see in an offensive line and that's why he's such a good player. Um, and when I was talking about Taylor, uh, one last thing is, um, the reason why I put Caduce to Taylor is because Caduce is a left tackle um, and that adds value for me, I don't think there's many left tackles maybe like 3 or 4 in this you know, proper good, good left tackles in this draft
0: So how high do you think he could go? If,
1: uh... Uh, see uh, he, he's, he's pretty dependent on someone buying into him, yeah. uh, he's saying that Taylor's might be like, ceiling is number 9 I don't think Caduce draft ceiling is that high because it's going to need someone to believe. I think, I like the spot for the Texans at 23, I believe, off the top of my head. I really like that, because they need, they need a lot of help. Um, I wouldn't mind him good for charges Chargers again, but again, it could be kind of fitting him in a right tackle, waiting for Russell Coon to get a little bit older and switching him over. And um, you can kind of develop him that way, as so well, you can kind of hold him back and play playing on the left. Uh, and again, the Vikings are think the Vikings are indiquable. Cool. Obviously, we saw um, Kirk Cousins and...
0: Adam Phelan having that argument about, you know, holding on for the ball too hard because of the defensive lineman. It feels like the Vikings well, and the Texans are the two teams that sort of almost have to uh, invest in defensive line this, this draft. and Yeah, it feels like he is a player that could make a big difference to them teams. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if either or both of those teams double up at some point and take a couple, maybe one interior one, one tackle. Yeah, well, we'll both have got quite a lot invested, haven't they, in their quarterbacks, and you've got to keep them upright.
1: Exactly, but especially when you're playing, uh, two goals
0: guaranteed money as well. Yeah, <laughs> don't want him going out in that first game of the
1: season. <laughs> uh, exactly. So did you did you use in your five?
0: Uh, he, won't he, won't. five. He, he was one I considered, but I, I, fo- I found it really hard to judge. really. I don't I don't I, I find offensive line. We were talking about it before. I find it the hardest, probably, position out of the whole of the league or the whole of the NFL to to actually judge players because I, I just think it's harder to know what you're looking for. We
1: it's
0: a, very, it's a very nuanced position, isn't it? And it's yeah, and not 100 percent sure what you're looking at, which I'm not as well. You know, I find it very really difficult as well. But, it very hard. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't necessarily go because I'm him my top five. That he's uh, not that player, but yeah, he was. He wasn't in my top five, but yeah, I did like him when I was watching him. But yeah, I've had a few others above him. Right. Uh, well, who have you got a number three now? So, yeah, getting into, getting into the guys that could go really
1: high now for me. Um, my number three is Cody Ford from Oklahoma. Uh, he's been a sharp riser, I would say, um, from, from, the, from everyone's draft board, I think, from a lot of people at least. Um, from, the, from the opposite end of the season where, you know, Oklahoma will get into the big games and he wasn't really spoke about before the season. But again, um, like I say, someone who's really, really athletic, really quick on his feet for such a big guy. Um, I just think he he just sort of beats uh, Patrick to the spot quite a lot Um, but again he's a a pure right tackle I think that's where he played for a club the whole time but he's got that season again I think he could go in the top fifteen. and I can see him you know with that upside and that athleticism because he's one of the best athletes at the tackle position I could see his ceiling being something like number 5 to the books I, I
0: could again another one I could definitely see that so it's, it's hard because I feel like right now some of these quarterbacks that aren't being drafted are going to creep into that top ten and then obviously it's going to knock down some of these players like the yeah. Tackles, but yeah, he's somebody that I think has definitely got that sort of talent
1: yeah for, sure. yeah, for sure I think um, the Giants would be in with a shout as well uh, I think they're just a pick-up, number six um, So yeah, I think they, you know, if he gets past the ball the Giants could be on there as well because they need a tackle
0: he he had a big injury, didn't he? Was, was that was, I mean, was that
1: someone else? Uh, yeah, I think he does have an injury. He does have a bit of an injury in so I've not got the exact uh, thing, but, but yeah, it does ring the bell. I think you are right. He has had an injury. Um producers has torn his ACL as well in the past, but he, he obviously played the season last season
0: with uh, you know in full health. I don't think any of these injuries are quite what they were, even like ten years ago. Are they? They're not quite. Uh, no,
1: no, not all. Like where yeah, you, you can sort of take a season out of an ACL now, can't you? And you can come back the next year and play even
0: better. Yeah, I think Adrian Peterson was the first one, really, wasn't he? then, since then, sort of, not been the uh, sort of career-threatening injury that he used to be.
1: No, it's just a good season, unfortunately, isn't it,
0: you know? Yeah. it's obviously not great, but it's going to yeah. a lot worse. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, so, what have we got? Is this the last one? <laughs> no, no, we're, we're number two. We're number two, OK. Right, um, yeah, so, who have we got number two? So it's another one,
1: of uh, the Wisconsin guys. I think it's my split opinion as well a little bit, but I've got David Edwards at number two from Wisconsin. Uh, big fan of Edwards. Uh, but I think, more, like I said, more than a lot of people. Uh, he's 6'7", 320, so huge <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but again, just a really graceful mover. He's got really nice body control, man of his size, which is you know when you watch him, it's a really nice surprise. You know, he's more of a finesse finesse player, but he's also got a lot power as well. Really moves people, especially in the run game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, the Wisconsin running back, will attest that, I'm sure. And uh, like I'd say before, I'm a big fan of Wisconsin's like, defensive line, most talented in college football for me, over this past year. Uh, I'd like it's just a bit of a shame that the artist has uh, gone back. It could have been, you could have been two or three first rounds just from one school on one sort of line. Yeah. And then often you've got Bo, I'm not going to pronounce his surname, Ben Schwell, something like that, isn't it? Uh, I reckon he could go in the top, top two or three rounds as well.
0: Uh, so... What do you think his feeling is? Is he one that could go right at the top as well? For me, yeah, I don't I don't think everyone's going to be as sort of
1: all on a for me, but I really like him. Um, so I think, yeah, again, Giants, Brooks, uh, if you just slip down a will it might be someone like the Texans or the Vikings again. <laughs> Obviously, no, well, <laughs> no,
0: no, no. um, but yeah, uh, you know, I think he could, he could do.
1: But I don't think he's going to be bought into as
0: much. I guess with all these players, it only takes one T, doesn't it? As we say, all the yeah. time you only need one team to have him at the top of their board or close to it and all of a sudden he's in the top ten or how well yeah. It be.
1: yeah, for sure, like you said, it only takes one team to leave. We'll definitely, as we go through this series, we'll definitely sort of come across a lot of players that that will apply to and, and some people get lucky, you know, you, saw it, you see it every year, you know, some teams overdraft, and uh,
0: and some guy goes way higher than they should. I always tend to like these little sort of players, you start out as a tight end and then, Move in, move in, and can I just say that obviously they're just going to be more athletic than a lot of these players who've just always been tackled, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they, they, because they've got that sort of athletic background, they seem to carry their weight a little bit better. I would say.
0: Yeah, I think I'd agree with that.
1: Rather than just being like big fat guys who've been big fat guys forever, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs)
0: Number one, then. Um, who have you got
1: there? So we've gone through the guards, we've gone through the tackles. I've still not mentioned this guy. Obviously, he's been mentioned for both positions, perhaps, but he's probably number one on the board for either. Uh, Jonah Williams from Alabama is my number one. Um, first and foremost, he's a tackle. He's not a guard. Anyone who's tr- putting him a guard is focusing way too much on arm length and other measurables like that. Yeah. Like I say, you know, he'd be a good guard. Don't get me wrong. He's not like he wouldn't be a good guard. Um, because he's a really good offensive lineman. Just in general, uh, but he's not a good offensive lineman because of of exams. I think he's the best offensive lineman in this class, just like overall. Um, and like I said, just one of um, three or four top-tier left tackles in this in this uh, in this class. And yeah, I think he could go right at the top. I've, I've got his ceiling being to the Jets at number three, actually.
0: Yeah, I, I could, I could 100% see that. Especially you know, we see it so often, don't we? Where teams draft a quarterback car and then come back the next year and mm. draft a tackle high. So, yeah. Sure. Do, do you think? Like, oh, I think it's such an overrated thing. But do you think the length could be an issue for him and maybe see him drop?
1: It will. It will be for some teams because some teams like absolutely buy into that and won't draft like anyone outside the parameters that they set. So, yeah, no, it, it could definitely be a problem for it, for sure. And the same for other people, like Eric McCoy that I mentioned earlier, and other guys who... I mean, that's at all positions. That's not, that's not just a tackle with arm match. It's, it's in a multitude of things at all different positions. Wow. So, yeah, I no, it could be if the Jets are one of those teams, or the books, or the Giants are those teams that don't draft that. And, yeah, he could drop into the you know 10 to 15 range, but someone picking up.
0: I guess it's the same sort of thing as we saw this week with the Broncos' trade of a Flacco. Mm. Some people who have got an idea of a quarterback have to be this, because yeah, like a, yeah. a tall version of uh, Case Keenum. And, uh, yeah, I think it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? It's just going to be teams that aren't... They're almost going to just written them off just just from their measurables.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. All, all the profile like Joe Flacco's tall, white, strong arm. Um, yeah. that's, what, that's what people look for, or some people look for in a quarterback. Like, yeah. uh, one of the reasons why Josh Allen went in the top ten last year. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, yeah, it wasn't for a lot else. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say so. I was not, I was not a big fan of
0: his um, in, in this time last year when uh, he was being taught as
1: a top 10 prospect. But, you know, these things happen. Um, to be fair, he actually um, surprised me a lot of it with his play. He was actually much better than I thought he would be. I thought he would be awful. And he was actually very serviceable.
0: Yeah. So I don't think he's uh, one of these are going to be in the league for years and years to come. but yeah. But, yeah, I think he's fun to watch anyway.
1: I think and, uh during the season, I jokingly tweeted, because he was obviously using his legs quite a lot, I jokingly tweeted, um, when Josh Allen flames out to the start, he's going to be
0: a hell of a wildcat quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he really will be. That's basically what they do now anyway, isn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. They're definitely need some offensive linemen to uh, do that behind. So, <laughs> definitely one that can uh, look at the players in this draft. Um, yeah. So, have you got any sleepers,
1: yeah, I've, I've just got the one, and and I didn't pick kind of my sixth guy again. Um, I kind of did pick a true sleeper, like a guy that's going to be in probably day three. Uh, I've got the Tyree St. Louis from Miami. Um, again, he's a he's a three-year starter, so we've got that experience, which I really valuable, which I really value. Sorry, when looking at would guys on the offensive line. Well, so two years at right tackle, then got will switch to the left side for his senior year. And he's probably dropped a little bit, and this is kind of why, kind of illustrates why I kind of value the guys who can do it on the left side Uh, a little bit more over those who just do it on the right. Uh, Like I said, he's going to be he's going to be a day two or maybe even day three pick. Uh, I think he's going to be a swing tackle, and by hopefully picked up by a team who can kind of take that time for developing. Um, If needs be, though, I think he could slot in and be a low end right tackle starter immediately if needs be. So a team fits really for St Lerner to really any team that can kind of develop him like I say for a year or two or someone like an ageing tackle who they can kind of wait to suck after a few weeks and then just slot him in.
0: Is he, is he one that you said you said could see some of these teams doubling up? Is he one that you think that maybe if they've taken a, a tackle high or a guard high they could maybe come back and get him to sort of pair with him?
1: Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, I, think he would be, I don't think he's going to play inside because he's always played tackle. So if you if you take him like maybe like a critical instrument at the top of the uh, sorry, top of the second or late first or you know from some of the other top end guards that we talked about, and then if you come back um, maybe round four or something like that for St. Louis, I wouldn't mind that at all actually. You know, if you are like the Texans or the Vikings or someone like that who definitely needs loads of help.
0: It feels like there's so many players that, so many tackles this year in particular. Like, I'm not so sure on the interior. But I think tackle in particular, there's so many good players out there. And I think last year it was almost a little thin, wasn't it? I don't think it was quite the depth we've seen over the years. But yeah, this year it feels like there's so many players that are going to go and could could sort of contribute quite quickly. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think
1: there's quite a few like plug and play kind of guys. And I don't, I hate, I hate that phrase kind of. I, don't, I just use it. Uh, but no, I think there is quite a few like guys who can just slot in, and they'll do they'll do a good job, and then obviously get better and better, um, especially on the tackle uh, class. Uh, like I said before, so I think it's kind of flipped. I think the, the guard class last year was really good, and um, like we said, we got three uh, interior guys going in the first
0: round, which is kind of unheard of. Uh, well,
1: is there any other players? Um, to so yeah, I, I I kind of skipped um, a sleeper for the interior guys, couldn't like, I? So I've got one guy who kind of does it all. So I call him like my all-star rather than rather name like a sleeper. So my all-star is Dalton Reisner from Kansas State. I really like him. He's um, he's super versatile. He's played 10 games, at least 10 games at Tackle Garden Centre while well, at Kansas State. Uh, so I, just, I didn't really know where to play in our ranking because obviously he, he's going to be one of these players that teams pick and they could just slightly anywhere. So I didn't really want to categorise him in that sense. I think he's an interior guy at the next level, but he's got a lot of versatility. could be Could be any. Could be any of those positions. Again, just without wanting to sound like I'm just repeating myself the whole time. He's got all those uh, traits that I really like. You know, experience, um, power, and a bit of grace as well. And that mean and nasty streak I like. Um, he's actually the guy that I mentioned earlier or alluded to earlier, who had a really good senior ball, and he struck up a really great rapport with Chris Lindstrom. Um, and I think these things kind of tell me that he's like a good guy because obviously these guys all get together at these all-star games and they all meet each other for a very short period of time and obviously if they strike up a good sort of working relationship straight away that's kind of something that you want to translate into team when you get your hands on them yeah. I think they work really hard and they're a good teammate. and they can pick up new schemes really quickly because obviously it's that kind of uh, flat that kind of thing where you kind of get together and you've got to pick things up really quickly to be successful in those kind of games and
0: and um... So, where, where do you, if you had to say he's going to become one position, where would that be? Where do you think he'll end up? I I personally think he'll be a
1: better guard at the next level. Uh, but he could play centre and he could play tackle. He has he, got that versatility, and every time I've watched him, um, when I was doing my prep today, I've seen him play all over, and all at a good level, to be honest with you. So, I guess it kind of could could come down to like a bit of a fit thing. He could go... I mean, I've put my fits. I've, I've literally written any team wants to improve their offensive line in any way. So pretty much any team.
0: Yeah. And I, I think we said it with our um, safeties last week that I think teams like that versatility. Yeah. It's, it's almost some players, it can hinder them that they haven't nailed a position, but for some teams, they will like that. Yeah, and I think for offensive line, especially it helps. Obviously, so many, only so many dress
1: each Sunday. And obviously, if you've got that versatility, with like a Reisner or someone else that we've mentioned that's, that's really versatile, out, you can kind of have one less offensive lineman and have another position kind of buffed out by, by, uh, by not having to address that many offensive linemen.
0: Yeah, not, yeah I think that is a so valuable one. I think it's such an underrated thing. It's not something mm. you necessarily think about, is it, when you're uh, sort of building a team in your head? It's uh, that sort of thing. The offensive line is probably the last thing. Is, I guess it's the least glamorous, isn't it, really? But Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah, I need to give those big guys some love, I would say. <laughs> well, I guess that rounds up uh, this week. Um, well, so is there any other players you you want to mention at
1: all? Uh, there was a, a couple that, that I kind of missed I, I kind of mentioned Ben Powers earlier, who was an interior guy. And um, one one tackle that, that really did nearly make my top five for my tackle was Andrew Dillard from Washington State.
0: He, he was the uh, one that I had in my fives he's a really good pass walker um, but he doesn't bring so much in the run game and I, I
1: just thought he was a bit too big and stiff for my liking you know, obviously I've put my for about 40 minutes now big people being athletic and me really watching that and I just thought he was a little bit too stiff from what I saw yeah. but, but that's, that was kind of the, the thing that kind of uh, just knocked him out a little bit but he's, he's one of the best pass protectors in this class for sure I think he's got a chance to win the first round as well uh, if not early second
0: yeah I, I thought he was one that could Really get out there just because his pass protection is so good, and there's so, like, obviously teams passing league, isn't it? teams mm. are always going to value that. So, yeah, he was one that I had in my top five, but again, yeah, it, I think it all comes out of fit, doesn't it, with these teams, what they're looking for. And yeah, yeah, any of these players could shoot up or fall down further than we think they should. Yeah, for sure. And
1: obviously, we've got the combine just up there. a week or so away, haven't we? Um, and obviously, that'll be a, a huge, uh, I'll have a huge say in everyone's, uh, everyone's position come, come April.
0: Okay, well, yeah, I think that's uh, us done for this week. So, um, see, last week you gave a shout-out on the podcast. Do you want to do that again? Sorry, say that again? Uh, last week you gave a shout-out to your other podcast. Do you want to do that one again? Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, I just kind of
1: broke up there a minute ago. Yeah, so, uh i from the 410 Yard podcast, uh, which we go out, uh, usually in the season, we go out Tuesdays and Fridays. At the moment, we're just going out on Tuesdays. And it's me and my co-host, Tim, talking about variety, all the uh, you know, NFL-related things, usually throughout the season, just talking about the games. And that. now we're in the off-season, though, we're talking about having a bit more fun stuff, putting a bit of more fun spin on it um, on Tuesday's show coming up. If you're a Steelers fan or if you're any other fan who might be getting a handle on Antonio Brown, we're going to talk about Antonio Brown uh, quite extensively, I think. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening to us. You can get us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you like. So, yeah, give us a listen and, uh, yeah, you'll hear more of my voice.
0: And, uh, I think I forgot to ask you this, this last week because I'm a terrible host. <laughs> but uh, wait you <laughs> minute, you on Twitter. Um, yes, uh, yeah, I am Twitter. I booted, uh, actually, my, my handle
1: is at Wakefield90. Uh, Wakefield, like the place, uh, 90. <laughs> uh, which wish I give you a clue to all there. that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, come and find me on Twitter. Um, love interacting with everyone. Um, yeah, anything I post up, feel free to rip me apart I love the interaction. And you'll, I'll, you'll I'll get as good as you can. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, well, well, thanks for coming on again. And um, oh. what we go next week is the cornerbacks. Next week we're
1: doing. Yeah, great. From what, I've, from what I've seen, kind of pre-prepping,
0: like it's going to be a, a tough one. slog looking at this cornerback. Car. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, definitely agree with you on that one. <laughs> 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 I've already looked at. It's uh, yeah, be a tough one, but yeah. a bit more interesting than offensive line sometimes. And there's some good names in there.
1: Yeah. I know. It's it's definitely a position that I kind of like to, to look at as well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a sort of defensive back, but I'm, I'm quite defensive heavy. To be fair, if anyone's ever gone the full ten yards, I'm bang on about defense all the time. And I also hated the, the Rams and the Chiefs game being 500 to 549 in score. Um, yeah, I'm much more about these 17-20 games. Um, so yeah, no, like, like like looking at cornerbacks. I uh, just don't know if we're going to have
0: a great deal of quality, but I'm sure we'll have fun either way. Halfway. Well, yeah. So we'll be back next week. Um, same sort of time, I imagine. So um, yeah, till next week. Uh, we'll see you later. I don't wanna drown no more. Sick of the same old people. Kinda of sell your soul. Trade it for a shining stone. Ain't nothing in this life for free. Running from the greatest evil. Finally, don't own me. A man's gotta fight temptation.